Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning, everybody, and welcome on in. It is Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. Lots to get into with last night's UFC. Uh, A little bit of boxing to sprinkle in as well. And we also will bring you on my interview with Frank Gore, former Hurricanes legend. He is getting ready to fight next week in his pro boxing debut against Darren Williams. Very excited to have the legend Frank Gore on the show and also um, have an announcement about the future of this show as well coming up. um, And uh, very excited to share all that with you. But I want to get to the fight stuff first. So we'll get all to the, uh, the business of the program. At the end of the program, let's get to last night where... You got to start with the co-main event last night. Ju- uh, Juliana Pena is your new bantamweight champion of the world. She stunned everybody by submitting Amanda Nunes in round two. Rear naked choke uh, withstood the storm that was the first round. You know, was able to get into a bit of a scramble on the ground where her and Amanda Nunes were kind of tied up. She had uh, her arm held for a little bit and really kind of weathered the storm, but really took some big shots as well. You can see uh, that she was wearing it on her face. You're like, all right, um, you know, that, that made Amanda work, you know, but I didn't think anybody thought going into round two that she was in some serious danger. Uh, whereas I had some of those thoughts going into round two with the, uh, with the co-main event, but we'll get to that in a, in a, in a little bit, but she, uh, she gets into round two and I mean, they're slugging back and forth, man. It is, it, it, she is standing there in the pocket and Amanda Nunes looks a little bewildered. Like she is eating a lot of jabs. She is wild with her strikes. She's hitting, uh, she's hitting Juliana with some stuff, but nothing that's super clean, nothing that's super vicious. Nothing that won her the 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 belt over Chris Cyborg, that clean, uh, efficient, you know, piston like right hand that Amanda Nunes has has always shown. She was very wild, very wild, and it was leaving her open of you know a little sloppy, a little lethargic, you might say. And Juliana Pena uh, was taking advantage, just peppering her up the middle, up the middle with big time jabs and and hurting her. And you could see that Amanda's eyes were getting big and wide and. Um, they were, you know, Juliana was, as the round goes on, the steam on Amanda Nunes' punches were lessening and it seemed like they were, that her shots were really, really bothering the champ. So ends up getting her down. She takes her back. And basically as soon as she gets her arms around her, 
Amanda Nunes taps out, and we have a new women's bantamweight champion of the world, uh, the Venezuelan Vixen, man. And what a story it is. Um, we were talking about this. I'm doing a new show now on BetQL Tapped Out, so we're doing a big preview show. And we had Sugar Rashad Evans on the show. And shout out to Rashad for joining the program. And, you know, we were asking him, like, is there anything that you could see in this matchup that probably would give Juliana a chance? And he's like, you know, it's hard being champ that long. It's hard. It's hard keeping that same intensity. It's hard keeping that that same drive, that same passion all the time. Never, ever relenting on it. And Amanda's had a ton of changes. She's now been defending a couple divisions. Um, we know that she had COVID going into this. There's going to be a lot of second guessing. Uh, I think mostly, and first of all, let's give Juliana Pena credit. Very few in the world gave her a chance. She was a minus, uh, Amanda Nunes was minus 1100 going into this fight. Very few people picked Juliana Pena to win this, but her confidence was unwavering. Very similar to what we saw a couple weeks ago with Tiafimo Lopez and George Cambosis. The only difference is, is that the champion there with Tiafimo Lopez is very green, young. Amanda Nunes, she is the GOAT. I mean, she's the greatest of all time to do it. And, you know, we're asking, like, if this were to happen, would this be the biggest, the second biggest upset of all time? To me, this is bigger than beating Ronda Rousey with it when Holly Holm beat Ronda Rousey. You know, Ronda was a pioneer. A lot of people have dumped in her. I haven't been one of those. I loved watching Ronda Rousey fights. I love what she did for the sport. Talking about this today with uh, with my wife, but we were watching. It's like, man, it was crazy. You saw in the early goings of tonight's fight, and they had the uh, it was the very very early prelims of this of these uh, these cards, and you had Aaron Blanchfield taking on Miranda Maverick, and they were talking about the story of how Blanchfield was 14 watching the debut. It's like, man, that's crazy. You know, she's a kid watching the UFC, you know, change before our very eyes. And now you have two women co-main eventing. They've main evented plenty of pay-per-views. But, like, I remember the story very vividly when Dana White came out on TMZ and said he's never going to allow women in the UFC. So, and it's so crazy that the women in this sport have been so fantastic. They have some of the, the, the most holy bleep moments of all time. You think of what Holly Holm did to Amanda Nunes. You think of what uh, Misha Tate did to Holly Holm. You think of, you know, Rose Nama Yunus and her first knockout over Joanna Yunjechik. You know, all of these moments, Amanda Nunes knocking out Chris Cyborg. Like these, these moments that some of these ladies have been able to put forth to thrill you as a fan has been absolutely unbelievable. And Juliana Pena now goes in the pantheon of that. And honestly, I think it stands the top just because as great as Ronda was, and she was great, um, and I do think that that fight against Holly Holm was probably watched by more people because you know Ronda was doing crazy pay-per-view numbers. Amanda was at a point where she felt peerless, like nobody really had a chance against her because she had beaten everybody. She had beaten Ronda. She had beaten Misha. She had beaten Holly. She had beaten Cyborg, beaten Valentina Shevchenko twice, no matter how close you thought it was. With Ronda, it was like, yeah, she was beating everybody, but there was really nothing to compare her against, you know? 
it's like it, you know it's like comparing it to the the pioneer days of the ufc and so yeah this for me is a bigger upset than it was with ronda rousey losing to holly home it's a bigger deal and for juliana i think that she is uh she's a hell i think it's a i think it's great for the division quite frankly i think that juliana is um her bravado her swagger is a great thing to have as a champion and she kind of has the whole baggage and the thing with her is i don't want to act like we all saw this coming i didn't i don't want to be a phony with you guys i was talking up some reasons of why i thought me you know people were asking ah, were there any reasons was on last night with uh with some people on the betql network like do you have any good reasons i'm like i have reasons but i don't have good reasons why i think amanda should lose the fight you know going down to bantamweight for the first time in a long time you know just kind of getting sick of it uh having covid in the summer maybe she didn't feel that great uh but i don't I didn't account for any of those reasons to be good reasons why this was going to happen. I still thought Amanda Nunes was going to pull this thing out either by decision or was going to stop her. I still thought that she was at the end of the day going to get her arm raised. I certainly didn't see in round two she was going to get submitted. No way. No bleeping way. I didn't see that coming, man. Nobody did. Very, very few did. Very few who aren't related to Juliana or Coach Juliana Pena and very, very few in the betting or mixed martial arts community. So what a thrilling show by her, man. She was awesome yesterday. And Amanda saying that she checked out, you know, felt like she handled it very well. I am um, not surprised to hear stuff like that. I'm really, really not. I'm not surprised to hear things. You know, you, you can hear this week one thing with, with Amanda, and, and, and hindsight is 2020 with this, but, you know, she was not like, jacked up with taking on juliana pena you, you know talking about the uh you know wants fresh faces wants fresh contenders all this type of stuff um you know and and it's it's a tough go it's a tough go today tough go for american top team uh we'll get to the co let's get to the main event now uh as charles dubronx Oliveira, he remains your lightweight champion of the world Third round submission, jiu-jitsu, shout out. Third round submission of Dustin Poirier beating him by rear naked choke as these two, what a first round they put on back and forth, first of all. I mean, it was a super competitive first round, but it definitely leaned Dustin Poirier. This is the second time we've really seen Charles Oliveira now. Back-to-back first rounds, first when he won the belt, and now where he defends the belt, where he took some serious punishment. I mean, he took some serious punishment, but... The thing that was always crazy about it, I don't know if it's like a cage dope type of thing or it's a, or he's just genuinely hurt and as tough as hell. But every time he kind of like took a shot and was like, looked like he was uh, eating a lot of, uh, like he was eating a lot of power and was getting knocked back. He, he got right back into Dustin Poirier's kitchen each and every time. Each and every time he took one of those bombs from him and it looked like this is going to be big trouble for Charles Oliveira. He got right back in Dustin Poirier's face, and I do think that you saw a little bit concerned at the end of that second round, uh, at the end of that first round. Excuse me, Dustin's like, man, this guy's not gone yet, because I, I, I mean, genuinely, I think you see Dustin hit those shots on a lot of guys, and and they go, or they're just severely deterred, and 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 uh, you know, it's going to be a matter of time. 
Charles Oliveira looked fine. Like he, he he took a lot of punishment. Sure, his face didn't look great coming out of the corner, but he didn't look sh- he didn't look shook. Didn't look shook at all. And then they get into this weird scramble where Dustin's gloved. There was some dirty tactics with with Charles Oliveira. It looked like he grabbed Dustin Poirier inside of his glove. Dustin ended up rolling and then basically having Oliveira on top of him. And so he starts, like, tightening him up, and it kind of looks like he's trying to neutralize him, basically, so the ref will stand him up. But the strategy kind of backfired on him throughout the round because Oliveira then started finding his range with the elbows and really started landing some big, big shots. And two of the judges gave Charles Oliveira a 10-8. I didn't think it warranted a 10-8. I didn't think that he inflicted enough damage. It was... uh, it was an unfortunate position that Dustin Poirier was in, but I didn't feel like it was like a, a game changer. I didn't feel that. But certainly Dustin had to be feeling a little bit shook from the fact that he had the first round that he did. He had so much success and all of that kind of felt like it was erased after the first round. And uh, third round happens after after that second round kind of a debacle for uh for Dustin Poirier but okay that round's behind you it's 1-1 I think in most people's eyes and they go to round three and very quickly Charles Oliveira gets in transition gets Dustin Poirier's back climbs up on his back and puts him out like a like like a like a reptile squeezing the life out of its prey and that's all she wrote that's all she wrote Charles Dubronx Oliveira is your champion. Huge for him. I mean, what does this mean for him? Okay. I, I The things, you know, guys, I, if you're a listener of this show, you know I'm a huge Dustin Poirier homer. One of my favorite fighters. Probably my favorite fighter on the roster. I love watching Dustin Poirier. Um, this was the last. I was very much rooting for him to get this. This is the last box to check for him to become undisputed champion of the world. And put it off a little bit because he was, uh, you know, was presented with the opportunity to fight Conor McGregor again. And instead, you know, now he's, he's kind of back to the drawing board. He's now lost in the, he's now lost in the undisputed championship fights twice. He's been choked out both times. Um, and had his moments in both of those fights where, you know, had the submission hold on Khabib. And then in this one had the great first round, but, you know, is now kind of back to the drawing board. I don't know where he goes from here. It's going to be an interesting thing. You know, he is, uh, he did talk in the, uh, in the lead up to this fight that he was maybe going to go up to 170. I, um, you know, I would say this, you know, seeing the way that Charles dealt with him on the ground, the matchup that I was thinking of between Dustin and Kamaru Man, I think that would be trouble for him, or or even or even him versus Colby. I think could be a little bit of an issue for him for sure, because there are some really good wrestlers at one seventy. Um, listen, he's got some, uh, and then you think maybe about a Hamza Shemaev or something like that. And then listen, there's still uh, Islam Magachev and and Benil Daryush who are coming up. I, I think the thing for Dustin that's going to be interesting though is like, do you want to go to one seventy? Where you will have your fan- hands full of some grapplers, but you probably will still hold your own as as a striker for sure. Um, and I think they're bigger fights. Or do you want to be in this lightweight division where, all right, who's there? 
You got Michael Chandler. That's a good fight. I'm into that fight. But what does that fight really do for Dustin Poirier? It's huge for Michael Chandler. Michael Chandler was talking a, a whole lot, whole lot on, on on Twitter tonight for a guy who was knocked out by uh by Charles Oliveira in, in a in a in in a in quicker fashion, lost in quicker fashion than Dustin Poirier, but for some reason was feeling froggy as all hell. Um so that doesn't really do much for Dustin. For Islam Makachev and Benil Darius, does he want to be like the gatekeeper guy? I'm not saying that he can't win those fights, but does what do those fights do for him? And and then, then Gaethje, he's beaten already, and Gaethje's probably going to fight for the belt next, which uh, we'll get into that with uh, with him and Bron- Du Bronx in a second. But you know, I, I think that he probably would look at the landscape right now, at lightweight, and be like, yeah, maybe it is time that I go up and. He can go and fight, you know, Dustin Poirier, Vicente Luque, Dustin Poirier, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Um, and, yeah, he's going to be the shorter of those guys. Dustin Poirier, Gilbert Burns. Like, there's a lot of fun fights. If he did want to go to 170, there's a lot of big fights. There's a lot of fun fights. And I think he gets one win. If he gets one high-class win in that division, I feel like he's probably going to get a chance against Kamaru Usman because Kamaru Usman's looking for, for big-time fights. So... There's always a debate about guys jumping up, jumping in divisions, all that type of stuff. For Dustin, I think he's done all there is to do. Um, If he were to fight Charles Oliveira again, would he have a chance? Yeah. I mean, we saw that he had some strike. Could he come in with a better game plan? Perhaps. But, man, Charles Oliveira, after after suffering what felt like Dustin Boria's best punch, he found the path to victory very, very easily with the ground game. So... I don't know. I think for for Dustin, he has to figure out what he wants to do there. Uh, for Oliveira, yeah, he'll, he'll end up taking on Gaethje. And the thing with that is, you know, people will look at Gaethje and they'll say, oh, well, Gaethje, he'll be the one that'll break down Charles Oliveira. I don't know, man. Listen, I was a bit of a Charles Oliveira skeptic going into this because I was like, well, he's never been to the fourth round before. His resume is good. You never knock anybody for losing ten, nine or for winning nine fights and now ten fights in a row. You never really knock that. But compare his resume to Dustin's. Like, come on, it, it, you know Dustin's. Dustin's got this. But um, you know it was close to the odds for a reason. And you know Charles being a, a champ underdog turned out to be a mistake because he did have more paths to win. He did have more paths to victory. And um, for him, I think it's going to be more of the same against Justin because, you know, Justin's got the leg kicks. That's definitely a thing. But, you know, I think we saw his struggles against Habib. Like, he's a guy who's vulnerable to that stuff, too. So I think that uh, I think Charles Oliveira, Charles Oliveira is an interesting one. Like, Charles Oliveira with a win like this, you know, Habib's always talking about, oh, I want some, maybe if somebody ever shows me that they could take me on and could do it. If Charles Oliveira could go on some type of a run here, like where he is beating Gaethje, and certainly if he was able to beat Habib's protege, Makashev, maybe he could be the guy that gets Habib out of retirement. Maybe. And maybe he's got the, he's the guy that has the skills that could actually beat Habib Nurmagomedov. Because he's got that win streak. He's now taking out Dustin, who, who Habib did. Probably going to take out Justin Gaethje, who Habib beat. But, so I don't think that'll get Nurmagomedov thinking about leaving retirement. 
But if he beats his guy, if he beats Makachev, who's supposed to fight for Benil Daryush, so maybe he doesn't even get there yet. But if he beats him, man, maybe that maybe that's the thing that that gets Khabib uh, out of out of, uh, out of retirement. We'll take a quick break. We'll talk about uh, more of the UFC car. We'll talk a little Lomachenko and my guy Xander Zayas getting a win as well. We're back with more after this. All right, welcome back, everybody. It is Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. Hope everybody's having a great Sunday driving around. And uh, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, I hope that you guys will all tune in to uh, my new program, Tapped Out, which is going to be a mixed martial arts boxing combat preview show. There's going to be a lot of bet talk in there as well, doing some odds. But it's a lot of good banter, too. Like, it's not just strictly numbers, numbers, numbers. We're doing a lot of debate back and forth my guy sean levine in kansas city i'm very excited about this opportunity um so you guys can check it out every saturday night it's going to be from five until seven before every uh fight card speaking of boxing vasily lomachenko he uh made his return to the ring last night as he was taking on richard comey and the uh main event of espn's card and dominant decision for Vasily Lomachenko, he won on the scorecards 117-110, 119-108, he put Comey down in the seventh round. There was it was an interesting thing um, with this. I think Lomachenko is going to probably look back and have a little bit of regret because in the midst of the seventh round, he's like yelling at the corner. And he's yelling at the referees, yelling at the corner. Steve Willis, who's the meme ref, he's he's the guy who, ooh, you know, people watching the video right now, but ooh, he's the guy who like has the oohs and ahs, ooh, like he's, you know, ever see the meme like love your job as much as uh, as as this guy loves refing a fight. That's who was refing last night, Steve Willis, and um, Lomachenko it, it puts it puts down Richard Comey, and man, I think I feel like that would have put a stamp on things for him, and and really would have put a uh put an exclamation point on his uh performance and, and i think would have put him back in the talks of hey this guy should be back fighting for the championship because a lot of people are talking about oh he's overlooked nobody wants to fight him nobody's calling him out all this stuff was talked all this all this chatter and was talked up by espn and that's great it's great to have that that talk uh that people don't want to fight lomachenko but he still has to go out there and put the exclamation point on the on the uh, on the fight. And what we have is him allowing a guy who got knocked out by Teofimo Lopez go in the distance. And I think for him, I don't know if it was a case of mercy. I don't know if he was let up because he was hooking Comey in that seventh round uh, and wasn't able to get the corner to stop it or the ref to stop it. But it also almost felt like he put took his foot off the gas He's like well if they're not going to stop it i almost either don't want to hurt the guy or uh i'm just gonna ease my way through because what do i got to do to stop it if they're not going to stop it here i don't know what the reasoning was for lomachenko but i do feel like there was a mistake there on his part i feel like he should have gone out there and tried to get on the job done because here's why george cambosis uh i don't know who's gonna face him next devin haney i would say is the favorite i don't think javante davis is gonna fight him next and Lomachenko's kind of in there, like, hey, will will my name be in the ring? Well, I think it would have if he would have had a, an, a a crazy performance like that. People would have been clamoring for it. You would have had, you know, I think top rank throw a lot of money because they do look at Lomachenko as a big star. And the fact that they that he doesn't and he kind of just lets Comey off the hook and lets Comey finish the fight, 
you know, I think that's that that that's a little something of uh, all right. Well, that kind of I was at I was at this this excitement level of ten that the fight was going to end, and then all of a sudden it kind of just was like we're going to let five more rounds go by the wayside. So, you know, still a good performance. Let's let's be real. Still a great performance by Lomachenko. Great win. Good win. Well, good win. Good win for Lomachenko. Great performance. And I think for him um, is the excitement there to see him fight George Cambosis. It's a fun fight. I think the matchup wise, it's a fun fight. I think my honestly, I, I think out of all three of those guys, I don't really put Ryan Garcia there now. I don't know what the hell is going to go on with Tiafimo Lopez. I don't think there's going to be a rematch right away. But I think honestly, out of all of the heavyweight or the lightweight kings that are fighting each other. Javante Davis is honestly the one that excites me the most. I feel like with his fast hands, with George's fast hands, with the knockout potential of both of these guys, the vulnerabilities of both of these guys, to me, that is the most fun fight. I think it's the biggest stage. It's the most pay-per-view buys. You know, Floyd can kind of put to rest all this. Always Javante a real champion and all that. I think it's a winnable fight for Javante Davis. I think it's a winnable fight for George Cambosis. And I think I'd like to see that fight the most out of anyone, out of any one of these. Devin Haney's next. I like the idea of George going for the undisputed championship, being, you know, no, no doubt left behind. But, you know, Devin Haney doesn't exactly equate into firefight. Like he's going to try and pick apart his way. He's not, I, he, I don't think he's going to go for broke like, Tiafimo does and leave those opportunities for George Cambosis. I think um, in a lot of ways, it's uh, he he feels like he can find the path to victory better than anybody. Um, but I'm definitely into that fight no matter what. And then I put Lomachenko last just based on the fact of, all right, you're not really doing anything that Tiafimo Lopez didn't do. You're not, um, you're, you're definitely taking on the most experienced guy. I'm not going to poo-poo going out there the only thing you could say for Cambosis is hey you, you maybe you beat him better maybe you beat him more convincingly something to that effect but I think the idea of, of going out there and fighting Gervonta or fighting Devin Haney is the way to go for me I think I think after all the dust has settled after these last three weeks Cambosis I think Haney is the most likely path it's going to go and then um maybe at the end of the year, it swings to Javante Davis or maybe Lomachenko if he has a good performance in there that gets people more interested in watching him fight again. I think for uh, Lomachenko, the interesting thing is, okay, so if it's not the championship, then what? Can he get in the game with any of these other lightweights? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, is there a way that they could steal him away or Al Heyman and uh, Al Heyman and PBC could do another co-promotion with top rank? And do a Javante versus Lomachenko. I think that's a fun fight too. Now, I also got to remember that Lomach, uh, that Javante's got that bad hand injury. Who knows how long he's going to be out? But you know, it's not like Lomachenko's ever kept super busy. So it was, uh, it was, it was. Listen, it was, it was a, it was a lopsided win for Lomachenko. But I felt like it hit a crescendo and then kind of really went downhill after that exciting seventh round where it looked like he was going to put the finishing touches on. A, uh, an absolute masterpiece. Uh, the other thing that happened on this card was Xander Zayas. He uh, ended up with a first-round knockout, and I think clearly, clearly solidifies him 
as the uh, the prospect of the year, something that's been very meaningful to him in the uh, in in the lead up to this fight, in the interviews that we've done with him, it, it meant a lot to him. And I think that uh, I I think that for Xander, this was a great one because he went out and he absolutely obliterated his opponent in one round. Like this was a guy who was on his sixth fight, 19 years old. And, you know, I think there's been some learning, some growing pains in the last couple of fights of eating some shots, the fight after that being a little bit more patient. This one was just an all out annihilation and people are talking about him. The, uh, the ESPN has done a fantastic job of promoting him. But I think, yeah, if you fight six times and you're six and oh, and you put thrilling finishes on it like that, who's even close? I want to know. It's 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 pretty open and shut for me. Um, He also almost feels like a candidate like running unopposed. But good. Go win your race, dude. Go win your race, young fella. You go do you. And uh, he keeps shining. He's doing South Florida proud and. Look, the guy's got a very bright future in boxing ahead of him. He does. He's got a very, very bright future in boxing. And that was a hell of a show that he put on today. And if you guys don't know, you know, go check out all our interviews with him. Go check out uh, some of his highlights, all that type of stuff. Very engaging kid. He looks like the whole package. I see no reason why this guy doesn't have the capabilities of becoming world champion and reaching all of the levels they think that he can. He just seems that good. He seems like that much of the real deal. So shout out to Xander for getting uh, that done. Let's get into uh, some more of UFC 269 uh, in the in the main card. So yeah, Santiago Ponzinibbio against Jeff Neal. Uh, Jeff Neal ended up winning this fight. Probably the most ho-hum fight of the... I mean, look, they got a lot of competition, but definitely the most ho-hum fight of the uh, of the main card. Uh, Jeff Neal ended up winning a split decision. Ponzinibbio had a good first round, but uh, but Jeff Neal really uh, put all the personal stuff behind him that he was dealing with and was able to uh, get the victory. He won 30-27 on one card, 29-28. One uh, judge gave it to Ponzinibbio. I don't know what that judge was looking at, but good for him. Flyweight, uh, the, uh, the second fight on this card, you had Kai Kara France. He knocked out. Cody Garbrandt in the first round um talked about this a little bit in the lead up to this that Cody Garbrandt probably had the most pressure on him out of anybody on this card tonight it's like the the prototypical thing with a familiar fighter has been to great heights that falls on hard times to go to a new weight class and he was going down and you know I like to you know remind people that Cody got to a lot of his heights very young it's very impressive what he was able to do at such a young age to go beat Dominic Cruz who we saw today still's got it you know still has some some really really good ability and he made him look foolish in that championship uh, fight that he had but he really feels a lot like you know a lot like Chris Weidman like a one-hit wonder like he's gonna have that moment Chris Weidman's always gonna be the guy that upset Anderson Silva and Cody Garbrandt is always going to be the guy that upset Dominic Cruz, but then never really was anything. I actually compared him a lot to uh, to an Anthony Pettis, I think more so than anybody, because people really thought Cody was going to be one of the faces of the UFC, similar to Anthony Pettis, and it just kind of fell on hard times for Anthony Pettis. He really, really never could get it back after suffering uh, after suffering that first 
that first loss as a champion. I don't know if, and now it seems very clear that Cody's not going to get that back. Um, I don't know where he goes from here. You know, you get knocked down the first round by a pure flyweight. There's really not a lot of wiggle room. I don't know if he'll be kept on the roster. I don't know. It's uh, it's been it's been uh, tough times for him. And then things opened up with Sugar Sean O'Malley, who got into some bit of a dust up with with uh, Cody in the lead up to this, but he ended up being Hovland Paiva in the first round, closing seconds of the first round. Uh, vicious right hand to really set it in motion to go get the win. He uh, he looked absolutely awesome. Talking to uh, Rashad Evans, and and I agree with this take from him where he's like, listen, now we want to see you go fight the dude. Now, now go fight that dude. Go fight that guy. Go fight. And I think the guy, I think the move is go fight a Dominic Cruz. Like, go fight a, a name, a former champion, a guy of respect in that division, somebody that's going to make you undeniable as a championship contender. That's what I want to see from Sugar Sean O'Malley next. This is cute. It's been great what he's been doing as far as, uh, hey, I want to you know navigate my career like a boxer. Great, dude. Here's the thing, though. It's the UFC. It's not boxing. People don't like the boxing model in the UFC. Okay? It's an adorable thing that you want to say that. And that's great. But for, for all of us here, we know you're good enough. You're not 23. You're not 22. You're not, you know, 25. You're 28 years old. Like, all right, it's it's time to start taking on some ranked dudes. So good performance from him. Uh, Josh Emmett, Dan Ige. Josh Emmett ended up getting a unanimous decision win. I don't think lived up to the hype of everybody saying, oh, this is bonafide going to be fight of the night. Uh, I don't think it lived up to that. Cruz versus Pedro Munoz, honestly, was a better fight. It was a, it was a much better fight, especially with Cruz uh, getting put down by Munoz early in the first round. Really stole that round from, from Dominic Cruz, but Dominic Cruz uh, came back in very, very strong fashion. And then tied to Ivas, I mean, what could you say about dude? Like, he's the best. He knocks people out, drinks beer out of his shoe. What's better than that? Nothing. He's the best. Love him. And uh, a great night for him as well. We'll take a quick break. We come back. Frank Gore, Miami Hurricanes legend, is going to be on the Jake Paul card next week. We'll talk a little bit about that card. We will talk about uh, also uh, a little note about this show as, um, you know, got some stuff to uh, to tell the audience of the show. So back after this. Welcome back, everybody. It's Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. Got our interview with Frank Gore coming up here in just a bit as we have the Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley 2 card coming up next week. Bit of a bummer. Got to be honest with you. Not really into watching Tyron Woodley versus Jake Paul. I'm curious to see what this does uh, as far as pay-per-views are concerned. But, like, been there, done that. Not really into seeing it again. I was very into Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury. Love me some Love Island. But uh, Tommy is out with a broken rib and had some chest thing i don't know but he's no longer in the fight tyra woodley's back and uh yeah i'm not really i'm not, I'm not that excited for it i feel like i feel like we've seen it i feel like jake paul's gonna probably win again and you know we'll just be waiting on the next thing i am very excited to watch frank gore fight don't get me, i'm honestly more excited to watch frank gore and darren williams next week than i am to watch jake paul versus anybody as sick as that may seem that's the truth I can't wait to watch. Uh, I can't wait to watch Frank Gore fight. And I think Frank Gore's good. I think Frank Gore's got the goods. And apparently, Darren Williams is the goods too. So I'm kind of excited about that fight. I'm not gonna lie. Um, so we'll get to that in just a bit. We'll we'll get you our interview with Frank Gore. 
Uh, just an announcement on this show. So, um, been doing this show, this Sunday morning show for you guys for, jeez, 10 years. This is really my first opportunity to do hosting. You know, uh, I ended up getting this show when uh, Alex Dono left for the uh, for WQAM back in the day when we weren't the same company. And uh, they need somebody to do a combat sports show with Seema and Tommy Guns. And I was their guy. You know, I was I was more of a boxing guy, but I liked mixed martial arts. I always say I give Dono credit for, for getting me into mixed martial arts. Um because I wasn't as into it. I was always, you know, a big boxing fan, but he said, check this out. Uh, first, it was like Fedor. Then I was watching UFC 100 with a bunch of my friends. And, um, you know, that's really what took off my love for mixed martial arts. So I was, uh, you know, always people who know this show know that. And, you know, Seema and Tommy were just so good to me for so, so long. Um, they uh, They stuck with me. They were uh just and still are just very incredibly nice people who have always been good to my family and always been good to me uh, but you know listen they've uh they have very very busy lives and you know didn't have time to do this thing anymore and so I uh you know kind of just kept it going even with them not here anymore I didn't want it to go anywhere I loved doing this show I loved doing the uh the the first reaction every single Sunday, and I still do. I still do love it. Um, the thing is, though, like I got a very busy schedule. I think you guys have noticed. Like I'm very blessed to have uh, a ton on my plate with the morning show and and covering things around the market and all that type of stuff. And I was presented over the last month this opportunity with uh, with BetQL, which is uh, for those who don't know, it's a betting network that's uh under the odyssey umbrella and they wanted to do a combat sports show and so i guess you could say applied for it and got it with this guy sean levine and our producer jake who's a who's a really good dude and i've enjoyed working with them for the first couple of weeks that we've been putting this project together and so that's kind of going to be my main combat gig going forward um I uh, I'm not gonna regularly be doing this Sunday morning show every single week. First thing, doing it actually to give you guys a little bit of a tease. If you're listening in your car right now, I've been taping this thing for a good 18 months because of the pandemic. Been doing it till three in the morning. Surprise! Um, but the point is, uh, yeah, it's just so that's that's a grind for me. Like I'm gonna be doing this sh- show weekly from five until seven p.m. And then having to stay up till three in the morning to tape a show because we don't have a Sunday staff uh, at the station. And even if I did to do the five to seven show and then get up every morning and then go and drive and do the show, just a lot. You guys can see it's seven days a week of radio, uh, a lot of back-to-back time talking about the same stuff. So for me, I'm going to put a pin on this Sunday morning show for the time being while I'm doing this five to seven show. I'm still going to keep my Tobin's Fight Show channel as far as being able to post podcasts, post fight interviews. Um, I'm still going to have my YouTube channel so can post fight segments, recaps, fight interviews. So if something crazy happens like, oh my God, Juliana Pena just beat Amanda Nunes. 
I got a place to talk about it. Um, and and you guys who have been so good will find a place to go watch it. You'll find it on my social media page, and then you'll be able to. You guys just won't be able. And and some of you most and the most of you listen to it that way anyway. So I'm just not going to be doing this where uh, I have to get the show in and have to be have it ready be by doing this till two in the morning to have it ready for you guys at 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. the next the next day. So that's what I'm doing. You know, I hope a lot of you come along with me to the Tapped Out show. The show's called Tapped Out. It's 5 to 7 p.m. every single Saturday on the BetQL network. So if you have the Odyssey app where you get 790 the ticket, you get it the same place there. Just type in BetQL. Make that one of your favorite stations, and you could do that. Or you can get just subscribe to the Tapped Out podcast, and you'll get all the content sent to you right there. We're still going to be doing interviews. Like It's not just going to be all gambling and all preview. We're not doing that. It's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun take stuff. It's going to be looking ahead to the week that's also upcoming next week, and you know, and also we'll be getting some great interviews. I got Sugar Rashad Evans. We had him on this week. We talked about his return. That's coming to Eagle FC, and I still plan on doing that. I'm going to be bringing a lot. You guys, a lot of fight interviews. You guys know I love talking to fighters and people in the fight game more than anybody. I like interviewing, and so now I have a new exciting platform that i'm excited to bring that to you guys it's just not specifically going to be here on sunday mornings uh some of those interviews will still be on the tobin's fight show uh podcast channel which is you know many you already subscribe to and a lot of them will still be on the tobin youtube page where you guys can go get that stuff as well but as far as this show being every single sunday at 10 a.m uh it's not going to be uh, if the BetQL thing runs out and they're like, hey, we did this for a few months, we're not into it, which may happen. I don't have any, uh, you know, I don't have any contract with them. They just kind of said, are you into this? Uh, I'm like, yes, let's do it. And if uh, it runs out, then I'll come back and do this. You know, I, it's good to have a landing spot. But for right now, I want to put my combat focus into this. And again, if there's crazy stuff that does happen, like, you know, I don't know, Jake Paul knocks Tyrone Woodley dead. I'll still do a recap the next day and have you guys have a place to listen to that. So don't worry. I won't neglect you completely. But if it's a if it's a quiet weekend or if it's just a UFC fight night, you know, I'll probably not have anything out that next Sunday. I'll be, you know, my content will basically just be limited to what I did on Saturday for that, for that uh, time being. So I, I really do want to say uh, thank you to everybody who supported this show who listened to this show thank you to Seema. thank you to tommy for giving me this opportunity to do the sunday morning show and uh and to seven nine of the ticket because you know um they could have been rats off a ship of it when uh when so- when Seema and tommy left they didn't they said you still want to do the show i said yeah i still want to do the show so they allowed me to keep doing the show but now i got a Got a new thing that I'm uh, I'm venturing into that they're also the powers that be here are very excited for me to do. And a lot of people are very excited for me to do and I'm very excited to do. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be I'm going to be venturing into that. So with that being said, um, the uh, the guest that's coming up next is the great Frank Gore, Miami Hurricanes, former running back. In my mind, a future NFL Hall of Famer. He is going to be fighting on the Jake Paul card Next week, here's my conversation with Frank Gore. Man, very excited to talk to our next guest, an absolute legend down here in Miami, 
future NFL Hall of Famer, Canes legend Frank Gore. He's going to be fighting in just a couple of weeks on the Jake Paul card. Frank, thanks for the time, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me today. Man, uh, I've had a lot of people raving about you. I was talking to Andre Ward on our show, show a couple of weeks ago. He's like, nobody loves boxing like Frank. Right, He's right. the real deal. George Cambosis, who just became lightweight champion of the world, they believe in your skills, man. What does it say about you that you have uh, these greats, these legends, really believing in you stepping into this round? Um, it means a lot, man. You know, um, you know, Andre Ward, no, because I used to go to his gym. I used to talk boxing with him, just talk life with him. You know, because I, I respect Andre Ward as a man, as a boxer. You know, I, I respect his mindset of life, bro. Um, great dude, on and up, inside the ring and outside the ring. Um, with George, man, I, could, I, su I salute him for, for um, winning the fight. Nobody thought he could win. Nah. Um, but I saw the ground he did every day, man, and I'm not surprised, man. Um, I'm happy for him. But, man, um, I'm very excited. I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, something I want to do. Like I tell everybody, win, lose, the draw, this is what I want to do. You know, um, and I'm looking forward for it. I know I respect my opponent. He's been around MMA. He's been rocking since a kid. So I know he got some type of toughness. And I respect any guy that get in the ring. So I think um, December 18th will be a good night. You, uh, you're training at a gym right now with some absolute killers. You know, Xander Zayas, one of the prospects of the year. George, as you said, training here at Champions. What, is it, what has it been like growing into this atmosphere? How did you find your way here? And what has it been like uh, training at, at the Sweatbox Gym? Well, I've been, I've been knowing Xander since, since he was probably like 10 years old. 10, 11 years old, and I used to be, I used to ask him, like, bro, why you never in school? <laughs> you know, he'll tell you, hey, Xander, Xander, hey, Xander, come here, Xander. I used to ask him, like, bro, every time I'm in the gym, I see him, like, you know, I'm training. I'm like, bro, why you not in school, bro? Like, <laughs> but now, now I see man, why, man. Now I man, see it's, why. it's a hard work and dedication. You, you guys know this. Um, I've been saying it for, for the last past interviews I've been doing with you, Brandon. Um, Man, and, and I know this guy, you know, Frank is, is ready for the 18th. He's been putting the hard, the hard work. He's been, he's been taking this serious. Yeah, they've been pushing me, bro. You know? Yeah. They want me to do good. And, then, and that's another thing. This, man, these guys in here, man, they help me be, don't miss football, man. Like, it's like a team here, bro. I, and like you said, we got killers, man. I'm, I'm on the lower of the list. But, hey, they don't look at me like that. You know, they push me when I'm sparring. They push me when I'm training. They push me whenever, man. And then. You know, they want to see me do good, man, like I want to see them do good. And, man, hopefully, man, he fighting December 11th, he get the win. I'm trying to follow up. I'm trying to follow my teammates and have our coach go out with a good, a good year. Man, there's been a lot of uh, Canes that have delved into boxing. I remember seeing a guy, Quadrine Hill. He was uh, getting knockouts at the Hard Rock cover of ESPN Magazine. Alonzo Highsmith, of course, had a great boxing career. Do you feel any uh, pressure as Canes lineage that have, have dived into the boxing realm? I, I didn't think about it. Uh, now you're saying it, now I... You know, I got to do my thing. You know, I got to do my thing. You know, um, but man, I've been working my behind off. I'm taking the sport serious. I respect the guys who really do the sport for, um, for a living. You know, because, man, it's, it's tough, man. Um, I'm not going to lie, man. It's, it's a tough sport. I would never call anybody who's doing this sport for a living suck because it's a hard sport, and, and I respect everybody who's doing it. I'm sure you get it, but the right way. I'm sure you get asked this a ton, but, like, you, I mean, like, your durability in football is, like, nearly unmatched. The idea that what's it like coming into this realm? Like, how, how different is it, like, adjusting to a new world like that, even though you've been doing it a while, like, doing it for real, like, training for a fight and a date? Uh, it was, it's, it's different. Um, I would say I used to do it just to, for football, to save my legs, for, um, you know, because I'm a running back, to save my legs. I used to do cardio to get in shape before I do football training. I could be fresh during the season, but you know, getting ready eight weeks for a fight, man, and 
it was tough, but man, like I told you, the guys in here, man, they've been pushing me. They want to see me good, and you know, they're happy for me. So I've been trying to prove them that I can do it. A couple more before we get you out of here, Frank. Frank Gore joining us. Really appreciate the time. He's going to be fighting on uh, December 18th on the Jake Paul card. Jake Paul now looking for, I guess he's fighting Tyron Woodley now. They, uh, the, the time of Fury fell out. Would you, would you have taken the call if it was uh, asked for a bump to the main event, or you've been preparing for the opponent? Um, I'm preparing for the opponent, man. Um, me and my coaches, we decided, you know, the, the fight Darren Williams. That's what I focus on. That. And, and, you know, um, if we're going to keep doing it, you know, I want to do it the right way. You know, I will say, you know, I take my hat off to Jake. Cause he did it the right way. I saw him when he had head gear on until now. And each fight, you know, I, I salute him because each fight I could tell he got better and better. So, um, you know, uh, I want to see how this fight goes. And hopefully, I, you know, um, I'm trying to get a win. I want to get a win. And, you know, I'll see where I go from there. Frank Gore, thanks for the time, man. Go buy this fight. Uh, next week, uh, December 18th, Showtime pay-per-view on the Jake Paul card. Frank Gore's going to be fighting Miami. Support him. Go watch him. He's doing his thing. A lot of people have high praise for him. Frank, thanks for the time, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me this day. Thanks again to Frank for joining us. Really appreciate that from him. Again, um, that's all for this time slot for now. And uh, if you guys want to find my combat stuff, it'll be 5 to 7 p.m. on the BetQL network, B-E-T-Q-L. Get that on the Odyssey app. Get that on Twitch, twitch.tv. All my Twitch viewers out there, twitch.tv slash betql. You guys will be able to watch the show there or subscribe to the Tapped Out uh, podcast channel. Tap in Tapped Out to your Apple Podcast, Odyssey podcast app, and you'll be able to get that there as well. And, uh, yo, yeah, you guys you guys will talk. I'll talk to you on Monday. Like, I don't know. What, what, am I, what am I saying goodbye for? Like, I got a gazillion things on the radio here. So it feels silly, but this is a... Uh, but this was a very, very t- fun time slot. But as far as it's concerned, I'll talk to you guys on Monday. Love you. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.